What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, August 4th, episode 161, and today I have Hilmar Orth, founder of Gelato Network. Gelato helps make it easier for developers to automate money movement between smart contracts on blockchain and for operating protocols so that you don't have to think about it so they're actually smart contracts. We talk about it on a technical level, a surface level, talk about examples, use cases. It's a good episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Anyways, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, Hilmar, or the Gelato Network. Enjoy. Welcome, Hilmar. Uh, good morning, at least from the East Coast. Welcome to the Blockhash podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? Awesome, yeah. Excited to be here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, excited to have you. Very curious about what this gelato network is. Um, you know, it sounds like a gel- like a network of like sweets and uh, <laughs> ice creams <laughs> and things like that. Very, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm curious, you know, what you guys are doing and you know how you guys are being applied in the space and how people are using you guys, leveraging you um, mm-hmm. in different protocols. Before we do that, I want to learn a little bit more about yourself. Tell me about about you. Um, you know, how did you get into the space? How did you get into blockchain? What What's your story like? Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, my my kind of like, I studied finance as an undergrad, so I was always into. Um, into stocks, uh, monetary policies, and so on. I always spent uh, my internships in the summers kind of like at some companies, and then I was always bored, and I just uh, started trading, and um, I was caught, and then sometimes even uh, let go from there because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I was just like always doing that. And yeah, and then, and I, but I then never went into like Bitcoin or Ethereum at the beginning, at least, didn't really. Um, Unite a fire in me, uh, but uh, then in 2016, um, the DAO launched. So the, the first DAO on Ethereum back then launched. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, written by by a guy called Christoph Jensch. Um, he who ended actually ended up later being an angel investor in Gelato, um, and he a super cool guy. And um, yeah, like that that idea of being able to kind of like bring people together to work on a community-owned project without needing any lawyers or legal entities in any countries just really, really amazed me. Um, and so I ran down the cribbage rabbit hole from then onwards and uh, I've started writing a blog about DAOs and stuff. And um, yeah, then actually I had to, like, in order to participate in the DAO, I had to buy ETH. <laughs> that was the first mm-hmm. time I actually bought ETH. It was at $8 back then. I didn't think of it as an investment. I just needed it to actually participate in this DAO thing. And um, yeah, then like fast forward, like roughly a year, uh, my best friend, Louis, uh, who went down with me into this rabbit hole, we uh, founded our first um, company in Berlin, which was uh, basically like a software house that builds um, projects for quite large, well-known companies in Germany that wanted to experiment with, uh, with uh, blockchain, Ethereum, but more on kind of like private permission blockchains. Um, and yeah, so we, we built up a team around that and then we, we, um, we had a couple of projects with them that were really, really interesting, but yeah, this whole private permission blockchain, um, space didn't really, um, go anywhere because like the cool thing about blockchain is that's permissionless and everyone can participate. Right. So it kind of defeated the purpose. Um, but yeah, we learned a lot doing that. And then, 
yeah, we started hacking on more public Ethereum stuff, uh, especially uh, in 2018. And then um, beginning of 2019, we like we went to a bunch of hackathons, like probably like five, six ETH hackathons in Singapore, Paris, Berlin, anywhere. And then we, yeah, we, we got into contact with Gnosis. They are, they're a project based in Berlin. And yeah, we were basically tasked by them to automate certain trading functionalities on top of one of their decentralized exchanges that they were building at the time. And while trying to automate these smart contracts for Gnosis, we realized that this whole like infrastructure piece missing that lets you uh, basically define certain conditions like um, every day uh, or if the price of something reaches X. And then based on these conditions, let, um, enable you to actually get your transactions executed automatically. This is not something that is built in into Ethereum. It has to be built in from the outside. And yeah, we had to build up everything from scratch. And then that, that's why we realized actually, hey, there's this whole piece in the Web3 stack missing that lets en uh, enables developers or users to easily automate the transactions. And uh, yeah, that's basically how we came up with Gelato based on this project. And then, yeah, we, we started focusing on that and solving that particular issue for all developers out there. And yeah, that's, that's basically what we did since since then. Yeah, explain that a little bit more, this, you know, automated, you know, movement of money. Like, why is that so important for, for like smart, smart contracts and these protocols? Yeah, yeah so um, like sometimes smart contracts are kind of like sold as these autonomous agents that automatically transfer your funds somewhere, right? But the mm -hmm. truth is, um, smart contracts are quite lazy. They actually don't do anything themselves. Um, if no one sends a transactions, transaction to them, like nothing will happen. And let's say the simple example of you want to transfer $100 to your friend every month, right? Um, and, and like, if you have your money in the bank, that's pretty easy. You can like tell your bank, hey, please do that for me every month, right? Um, and um, in crypto land where your money is in your wallet, like, this doesn't happen automatically, right? You you have to do it yourself every month. Otherwise, no one will be able to, without getting your keys, no one will be able to actually send that money for you. So, um, and that's why like you are the only one who can sign the message. Um, and that's why um, in order to actually facilitate that, you need bots. You need basically servers running that kind of like get the get a task by you, like a, mess a signed message by you saying, hey, I, on behalf of that person, on behalf of Brandon, I'm now allowed to kind of like transfer this address every month, $100, for example. And and this is just like a simple use case, but they're like all use cases in the whole Web3 space that are, are, are evolve around conditionally executing transactions, like if the price reaches X or if interest rates are lower than Y or recurringly every day, every hour, every minute. If something like this has to happen, then you need basically bots. That, that, that do that on behalf of the users or the protocol. And we are basically building like this infrastructure that lets everyone without having to run their own bots, task these bots like arbitrary use cases, like send my money every month to a friend, for example, without having to deal with anything, any of the complexities of this infrastructure themselves. Yeah, I almost feel like they should change the name from smart contracts to lazy contracts based on yeah. the way you're explaining it. <laughs> yeah, they should. Like uh, like Vitalik also said, like he really he regrets calling them smart contracts. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he, he had another word for them, which would have been more fitting. But smart contracts, I think, from a marketing perspective, was probably the right choice. Yeah, probably. Did you guys, uh, you know, talk about a lot of that stuff at ETHCC? I know you guys went. Um, yeah, we had a workshop there. Um, a quick, quick and dirty one, 20 mm -hmm. minutes. Um, and there we basically showed developers how they can within like 10 minutes 
automate some smart contract function on Ethereum using Gelato. Don't have to run any servers themselves. And yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Got it. Did uh did Vitalik speak there? I thought he did. He did. Yeah, I think he he did the like like. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to any of the talks, but mm-hmm. um, he did speak at the final kind of like uh, final talk. He did and was pretty great. I heard. Very nice. Very nice. So I got to ask, why is it called gelato? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's um, gelato, like, um, first of all, who doesn't like gelato, right? Everyone. True. Yeah, that's good marketing, I guess. <laughs> Everyone loves gelato. Um, no, it's like we were really brainstorming names back then. And like, like gelato is a pretty technical product. And it's also like low level. It's kind of like a middleware thing that developers use and mostly not end users directly. So a lot mm-hmm. of end users not like don't know about it directly. And yeah, we had all these names like conditional transaction framework or something like that. And if you pronounce that, you go crazy. And we're like, okay, um, yeah, we we were in in, in Berlin and uh, we 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 found gelato in Berlin and down uh, underneath our office there was this like probably the best gelato place in all Germany. And yeah, we went there every day in the summer and had our gelato. And then one day we just like, hey, why don't we just call it gelato? It has nothing to do with crypto, nothing to do with some technical stuff. It's probably the best name to choose. And yeah, that's why uh, we, we took it. Yeah, we are also gelato addicts uh, in-house. Every employee can eat as much gelato as they want for free. So um, we like gelato and that's why we called it. You know, it's pretty fitting for the space. There's so many projects and protocols that have like a food-based name. Yeah, and but but for that, I, I'm i pretty sure that we were the first ones that were called gelato. So gelato already mm-hmm. exists for quite some time. and. I'm pretty sure that we are. We were the first food coin, and then you had in twenty what was twenty twenty the summer, you had this whole food craze mm-hmm. start, and uh, some people actually like also just named some like called themselves with some ice cream names, um, but uh, I'm pretty sure um, we can date to a blog post where we are the first ones, but um, I might be wrong here. Maybe there are some other cooler food projects that I'm not aware of. It all started popping up for the most part in like the whole DeFi summer. It was more like FoodFi summer. Like (laughs) it was, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Sushi, pancake, um, pickle Pickle. protocol. That that one made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, pickle was crazy. (laughs) Exactly. Um, You guys, yeah, you said to me earlier that you guys were built on top of Ethereum. So are you guys primarily focused on Ethereum lazy contracts or... Would you want to work on other, you know, smart contracts on other blockchains in the future, or do you? Yeah, so like Gelato is not really like a only a small part of our network is actually on blockchains. Um, mm-hmm. So most of the part is actually like these clients, these relays that we are building, and they are blockchain agnostic. And for example, we are we started on Ethereum mainnet, but we are already on Polygon. We are already on Phantom. We will soon be on Binance Smart Chain. We will basically be on every EVM compatible base, compatible chain that will be released and has traction. Um, and so like Gelato is really just like middleware uh, thing that doesn't have an opinion about uh, the network it interacts with. And like the goal here is like we started with automating smart contracts on Ethereum and basically automating the flow of money between protocols on top of ethereum for example automatically um, transferring the your debt positions from maker to Aave because uh, prices start plummeting and you want to enjoy lower collateralization ratios on Aave. Um, but what we are actually aiming for in the future is enable developers especially 
to build applications that automate the flow of money across different networks. So you can say, hey, um, the liquidity, let's see, yield farming projects, for example, or mm -hmm. liquidity management projects, hey, my liquidity on, on Polygon is actually depleting um, significantly. And if it crosses a certain threshold on Polygon, then please, Gelato, send a transaction on Mainnet that moves the funds over to Polygon via a bridge and then kind of like puts it back into our vault here. So um, Gelato is supposed to be this glue between these networks that makes the movement of money between them as easy, as seamless as possible. And if you think about what these projects would have to do themselves, they would, they would, they would have to run like sophisticated server infrastructure for all these networks mm -hmm. across checking conditions here, sending transactions there, like managing funds on all of them. This is like a, you need a whole team around that basically. And with Gelato, like all the teams can just like outsource it to one place and we specialize in it. And that's kind of like the value of what we want to provide. Yeah, I think summarizing it is like that that glue kind of makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Um, are you guys primarily focused on creating that solution for, you know, blockchain projects? Or have you thought about taking it to like an enterprise level and, and working maybe with like a PayPal or like a, mm -hmm. a cash app or something yeah. so that they could do some type of automated money movement with um, with whoever? Yeah, that's that's kind of like we have this uh, really nice looking white paper out, and this is exactly the kind of like roadmap we want to um, the roadmap we are actually targeting. So we start obviously in kind of like the native Web three world, um, and with all these projects, um, uh, for example, InstaDev, KeeperDAO, B Protocol, Aave, all all these projects kind of like use Gelato for certain things. Um, but we are very bullish on the thesis that like soon. Um, the Web 2, Web 3 world will merge and you will have these traditional players moving in and they need that system where they move these move money be between networks based on where it's needed, right? And, and, and there it will actually very much make sense to have a, a like uh, enterprise version of this whole thing out. Um, but yeah, we are, we are currently focused on more the Web 3 world, but this is where I see actually the, the probably the most significant growth in the long run coming from these web two projects coming in and then us being able to provide them with our infrastructure. Got it. So more like a long-term goal. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned web three and you mentioned web two, and I imagine there are people out there that are like, what the hell does this guy mean by web two and web three? And yeah, why do I keep hearing about it? Can you like explain that a little bit? Like what, what do you, what's meant like in the industry when people refer to web two or web three? Cause you hear those terms a lot and I don't think yeah. people have enough clarity. Yeah, so um, for me, at least, um, probably different definitions out there. For me, what Web3 enables is it enables developers to build what I call serverless applications. And a serverless application is basically just like a front end, like a React front end that you build and all the data, all the logic, all the processes that power your application, the background, are not kind of like owned by your single server that sits somewhere in AWS or in your basement, right? Mm -hmm. And you fully control it and it's not visible. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's invisible so people can't see what's going on. It's all open and decentralized. So um, for example, there's a, an example is InstaDev. I don't know if you know them. They are one of the most large widely used projects in DeFi. They have over a couple, couple of billion dollars in TVL in their smart contracts. Um, heavy users of Gelato, by the way. Um, and they are like two kids from India that built this huge protocol, right? It's like a huge investment bank. Mm -hmm. And they're like 21, 
23 or whatever, right? It's crazy. And they could do it without having to probably run one single server themselves. They just build a really, really nice looking user interface. They plug into Ethereum for smart contracts and smart contracts basically just ensure that this, the state, like the, the data that you have is uh, correct. And it ensures the kind of like the logic that defines how your money moves from A to B. Then you have like other piece of the puzzle, like the graph, like the graph is like another middleware piece where you mm -hmm. can just easily query all the data from. So you, you don't have to do it themselves. You don't have to have like a d database yourself where you do it. And then there's stuff like Gelato and Gelato just enables you to easily automate the movement of the movement of the user's funds from one protocol to the next or cross change. And, and what that results in is that you can just build something without having any of these servers that you usually have to run yourself that you keep and no one else can access. Um, and, and, and now you, you just plug into these existing infrastructures and all the other people can also access this. They can start building their own app on top of your smart contracts, on top of Gelato's infrastructure and just like spurs this gigantic wave of creativity and innovation because everyone kind of kind of like, it's like a DJ remixing songs. You can take someone's song and remix it and build your own stuff on top. And that's why like 20, 21 year olds can build a protocol that have like billions of dollars in it. It was never possible before. And this is for me, Web3, you can just like plug into all these infrastructure pieces and build your own app and remix it and everyone can access this. It's not permissioned. Um, yeah. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, it seems like you guys got like a lot, you know, going already. You got a lot planned out. I'm, I'm curious, like what your, your timeline looks like or your roadmap going forward. Like we obviously we talked a little bit about what you guys are aiming for and hoping for. But do you have anything like planned like this year, um, you know, finishing up 2021 that you think people should be aware of or, or um, keep in mind or important updates or important partnerships or things you want to disclose to them? Yeah, so, um, man, there's so much going on. <laughs> but um, I think, um, in, like, a lot of cool projects, there's, like, one of our smart contract systems will probably be used as collateral, a MakerDAO soon. We've got an awesome project with Aave going on. Other client, like, other cool projects will soon work together with Gelato. So, like, on the, like, usage side, we've got a lot of stuff going on. But probably the most important event in the, in the next month that will probably happen, actually, in September is that we will um, diffuse the, the governance and the control of the Gelato protocol into our, um, into our users. Um, and like we've been working on Gelato for two years and, and now because more and more projects are using us and we still hold certain kind of like uh, controls within the system, mm -hmm. um, we kind of like need to decentralize it more and diffuse it actually into in the hands of the developers and users that use Gelato today. And this is where we actually will um, create a DAO in September, uh, and everyone in the ecosystem can basically participate in, 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 in joining. And what this DAO does is basically they oversee all these bots that comprise the Gelato network. And these bots now have to stake, um, have economic kind of like incentives uh, in the in, in the whole um, game, and um, the, the the governance can basically decide whether they um, act in the best interest of the users or not. And if they don't, they can help them hold them accountable and actually. Penal, um, penalize, penalize them by, by slashing off the stake. And this is also where our token will come into play, which we will release, release probably in September, Alpha League. Oh, you have a token? <laughs> and um, Not yet. And, and it will basically come out in September, um, most likely in September. What will it be called? Um, like Gelato token? or 
gel. So gel. Uh, G G E L. Um, so basically, just the first three um, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it will come out in September. And then this is kind of like the, the big event, which will diffuse gelato's governance. Um, and then, like technical wise, we've got a bunch of stuff to do. We want to um, enable like off-chain conditions. Like at the moment, everything has to be verified on-chain. Basically, you can say, hey, if the price in Uniswap is X, then please execute my trade. That's something you can do with Gelato. Mm-hmm. But now, like what in the future you might be able to do is you can say, like, for example, trading volume is something that you don't get on-chain. This is something you have to kind of like compute off-chain and you can't really use on-chain in a trustless way. And we will try to provide actually conditions like that that are not like similar to Oracle networks. That are not verifiable on chain you can use off-chain data like if the weather's sunny tomorrow please execute my trade something like that right or if this guy's tweets please do that so um we will go more into this area as well and yeah so this is exciting from a technical perspective but the token is probably the biggest event in terms of the people and, and what they can do and how they can interact with gelato no just thinking you should create a whole bunch of tokens and name each token after a different flavor of gelato yeah <laughs> yeah we actually have all yeah, we, we have our, our core protocol, uh, which is the second version right now. It's the Gelato Vanilla protocol. So, so there you go, <laughs> using the yeah. flavors. So we're using the flavors. But yeah, we should probably play with it a bit more. Yeah, it's good from a marketing perspective. Yeah, and it's like, who like who doesn't like some nice Gelato flavors, right? Exactly, who doesn't like Gelato? Um, anyways, you know, Hilmar, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today and, you know, elaborate more on what, the gelato network is not that it's some lovely um, dessert that you can eat but you know something that's good for the industry you know that's helped automating a lot of this um, these transactions and money movement and what's going on in the space with smart contracts that are actually lazy didn't really think about it from that perspective so i even i learned a little bit of something today um but yeah thank you for taking the time and you know coming in explaining everything always thanks for having me brandon yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, stay on real quick and I'll talk to you. Anyways, uh, we look forward to doing it again in the future.